Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we'll go through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. My name is Wade Bowen, usually with me, and also with me later will be James Nolan and Hugh Crawford. You know the drill. And this is another uh, one-off podcast, whatever we're calling these. I wasn't planning on doing one of these this week, but we sat down to record our feedback segment, and we got to talking about, oh yeah, the Star Trek Discovery trailer dropped, and hey, what do you imagine? We got opinions. I was going to do a whole other episode where we just sat down and really hatched that out, but you know what? We talked about it. We couldn't help but talk about it. I bet you're interested about it you're excited about it you're a star trek fan probably yeah we can't we couldn't help but not shut the hell up about talking about our opinions about this trailer thing and and maybe we'll talk more about it in a more formalized setting later but this is what you get this week all right here we go so yeah oh yeah there the the star trek discovery trailer dropped we don't have time oh, yeah. to talk about that <laughs> total dude. Well, we, I don't know. I don't know how Hugh feels about it at all. I wrote on Twitter that I, at all. I mean, I, on the trailer, like I wrote that it was awful. I, I was yeah, like, I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy when, when the production is steeped in shit and, and is only half. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of bad numbers coming. A lot of bad word of mouth coming out about the show, but the trailer, it seemed to be a lot of people that I really like. I think it was, the it's a trailer. You can't tell anything of from course, a trailer. Of course. And I'm only judging it, it as pretty. Trailer. Klingons. Oh my God, the Klingons! But they, yeah. yeah. So Hugh, what are, what are you thinking? I'm dying to know. Um, I don't feel good about it. There's things of a, on a, I like. There's some certain. There's some pluses, but they they don't outweigh the bad. Well, we should get it out of the way. Wait, it's all, not that because it, they're people of color. Like we liked it, that <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That's not I, that's Michelle Yeoh. I, was I say. That's, loved since <laughs> I was watching her in oh. like uh, Hong yeah. Kong films. Yeah, I feel like the the uniforms are a nice mix, a nice transition from the mechanic jump suits that everybody wore in Enterprise to the shirt and tunic, the lo- uh, the you know, shirt suite. and like pants. Yeah. yeah, that I think it's like a, I think it's a, it's a good it's good for the period. So I like I like how everything looked. I did not like how dark. The yeah, bridge that's looked. what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again. I didn't like I didn't like the fact that they looked like they were on Arrakis or some <laughs> yeah, desert planet. Like I just didn't like I, yeah. Tatooine. I didn't they looked like they ripped off Ray's aesthetic from The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That was a weird visual choice to go with. I mean, I think it's probably supposed to be Vulcan. I right? assumed, right? Yeah, but still. Okay. Well, I don't like the fact that they're so – I don't like fan service. I think I've said it on this podcast many times. I don't like that how they're mired in the lore, the existing lore of the Star Trek world. I mean they do have some new aliens in there. The Doug Jones stuff really seemed silly and out of play. Like none <laughs> of that stuff the, landed. the design was great, but – That was supposed to be a big oh, moment. The, I am – that was supposed yeah, to be a my moment. Designed for to only one thing, and that's sensing death. I thought that was rather stupid. I was like, okay, yeah, maybe they can fix that in post. <laughs> I don't know. Biologically determined. Yeah, yeah. it's like, come on, man. You, you're biologically determined to make more of yourself, not to. I don't know. Since, but hey, I'm open to maybe they can sell that to me differently. But that was kind of dumb. I mean, I guess, I mean, I I, I don't mind, I don't know, like, theoretically, if you're going to go nerd corner, the idea that you meet these races that were sort of petri dish 
races of aliens, like some sort of like overarching aliens made these like other aliens out of like as yeah, a project. But- and then, like, the, maybe they rose up and, you know, got their freedom over their masters or some shit. And that then makes now sense, they're, you know, guess, that's fine. But I don't, but that doesn't bother me. And that they might have these genetic traits, these predetermined traits that may make them be able to sense death, like the way I guess a dog can sense an epileptic fit or something. I don't right, know. Like, yeah. a, or like a canary in a coal mine, right, like right. being able to smell gas coming. Yeah. So, you know, look, look, I, there's some things about it that I really liked. But there's more things I don't yeah. like. I don't like the Spock's Sarek. Yeah, I, I can never really get, or Savic. Is it no, Savic? No, that was Sarek. Savic was um, Sarek. Yeah, Sav- yes. I'm getting Savic my Savic was uh, what's her name? Uh, fat actress Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. <laughs> that's not a story. That was a TV show she was in. Yes. Uh, that's <laughs> and the guy. I don't the, like the fact that he's such a prominent character in this. I don't care for the hairy mud yeah. stuff. I think the Klingons do look ridiculous. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I'm. Yes. Op- hey, but that's the Klingons are like fan service, but also the change in design. I hope there's a bigger reason behind it. But if it is just like fuck, it. really, really, do we need a third design but, for them? Hey, but that's my whole. But thing. if it was just a third one, way fourth. It, well, fourth. Th- there's theories on the internet what th- they could be in ancient ancient races that have been in slumber or stasis that come out of probably wrong. But <laughs> there are potential excuses, but still, it's not clean. Yeah, that but was... I mean, if we're complaining about fan service, they're trying new things and not just going to the by changing their form. Well, they're, they're changing the whole aesthetic, and you know, making them I... they could be totally different from the Ronald D. Moore Klingons, which is probably a continuity that we wish they'd keep. But yes. who knows? Because that was right. the one that worked. Yeah. Okay. So. Everything about it was just kind of disappointing. But I didn't mean to, the, to talk about, I didn't mean to spend 20 minutes talking about this. I just wanted to get p- quick impressions. No, no, yeah, no. I just, I wanted to clarify, A, when you put out, because I wrote on Twitter that I thought it was a fuck piece of shit trailer, and it was a very emotional response. <laughs> and then, like, every response after that was like, I don't like black people and Japanese, like, Chinese people in it. And I'm just kind of like, oh, like, now I'm in that <laughs> lot. Yeah. It was like when I didn't think that the Ghostbusters movie looked very good. Like, I'm like, I'm not those assholes. I just, like, I don't think it looks very good. And, like, I don't think this looks very good. And, like, I, I wish. Yeah, I think what we don't like about it comes from just, like, a personal taste aspect. Not because we have shitty views on humanity. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I don't have any problem. I mean, I'm familiar with the two female leads as it was shown in the trailer. I'm very familiar with both of those actresses. They look great, yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. They look great. They don't I don't have a goddamn problem with either one of them. I don't have a problem with a trek that like is firmly within the Bechtel test. That doesn't bother me at all. What bothers me is that it just looks it looks like it's made by marketing and nothing about it. And when it was Brian Fuller, I was super excited about it. And I think that even I haven't been watching it, which we're a few episodes into American Gods airing and I haven't watched it yet. But if you just look at the trailer, that doesn't look like a show made by marketing. Hannibal was definitely not the show that NBC wanted it to be. It was a show made by a visionary. Yeah. And I think that Brian I think Fuller, if it were purely made by marketing to play into all the Trek fan service, it would look like the Orville, though, honestly. Like, it looks different than old... I would like it more. I mean, most people like are saying that they are more excited. A lot of people are like, but I'm saying they did take some chances. Yes, the design and everything is different. So I'm willing to see y'all don't like it. 
I mean, I'm I'm unsold, but I'm still I'm still leaving room. I'm still leaving the window open, even if. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not it, the yeah. fan service stuff. It looks stuff, slick. I'm, it looks slick. I'll give it that. But that's it, not enough to sell me. But you know what? I don't know. I'm I'm still. I'm gonna try to be. A, I didn't even like the beam up pattern with the graph paper grid on on, on, on them. You don't remember that, that James? No, that, I, don't, I thought that I don't was fine. That. That, I didn't, that didn't bother me none. And I might be yeah, willing that, to give that a, like that kind of aesthetic choices. I'm going to let them have room to grow. That's, um, but like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I. That's one of those things where it's not like I, I'm not. I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm saying I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to give them a leash on that one. But the the general idea just seems to be that it's going to be very Kelviny. Very dark, yeah. very sky highlighty, very all of those lens flare yeah, things. Yeah, that. And I just don't think that, like, I think that if it was a flat, bright colored velour sweater with roomy pants and black boots show, that would have made me happier. And not because it's what I want to see, but it's, I don't know, I, I want it to be challenging and interesting and peak television. Right. See, that's but what I, the interesting thing to me is y'all are saying, oh, we don't want the fan service, but then you're also saying you don't like any of the aesthetic choices that they've made for I, it. I'm going to say that I think Hugh probably wants fan service in the way that a nipple's treated at a peep show. And <laughs> Could you explain? <laughs> well, you know, that like you don't, maybe you get a little nipple, but you don't get all the nipple you want. And that's the way fan service on a show like this should be. Yeah. The, right. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I like a little I like a little tea. Yeah. A little light knot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna say that I don't even I don't know if that <laughs> what I don't want is a bunch of verbal callbacks. I don't want it to be family mm-hmm. guy. Like, I mean, not to compare that to the Orville. I know that the Orville, like, that might actually be funny. But I don't want it to be a lot of, like, I don't want it to be, like, a lot of fucking references. I don't want it to be, like, a Tarantino film of, like, oh, it's Tribbles and Harry, like, the Harry Mud things. Like, oh, it's Tribbles and Harry Mud and this and that and all of these things. Did you remember that? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Like, I don't want it to be that. But if it's, like, set on the bridge of a fucking Star Trek ship from Star Trek like we used to watch, that's, I don't know, that's not a callback. You're setting it in that world. If they have velour sweaters, that's I don't know if that's not a call. They get the velour sweaters at the series finale, James. <laughs> that maybe that's yeah. what happens. Oh, I'm sure that's definitely yeah. what happens. But if they, but like if they're in velour sweater, like it doesn't mind. But like it also <laughs> like that that titillates me. That's my touch yeah, of yeah. nipple, and that and that setting. And then you tell a dark peak TV world with quality <laughs> acting. Okay, but, uh, how's this for a uh, guess or a prophecy? Uh, the first two seasons are going to suck. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to... Dude, this may no. be... I'm saying that, like... I was just I trying to f- make a Star Trek joke, James. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. Maybe I'm sorry. Well, they spent the money. It'll get two seasons, but a third, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that we're... I bet you I bet you it gets three. They all get a minimum of three, oh, right. right? Yeah, even the, yeah. the first one. First one got four. Or no, no well, yeah, it yeah, got yeah, three got, in the yeah, animated three. series. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Those were long seasons, though. It seemed like one of those seasons had like 74 were, episodes. True, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, season two of that is long, but yeah. yeah I, I, They'll make mm. enough money, even if it's bad, to try and fix it. And if they stop making money or they don't make as much on the second time, then they'll bin it. But I, it just breaks a very basic rule of mine of television. Is there a auteur? Is there a voice? Oh, I agree. Of the that, show? Yeah, that they're. And probably. this seems to not have one. They seem to have fired two of them and they're left with like essentially what looks like yes men to CBS. So I'm just, my instinct is this show sucks. 
But that see, not every show yeah. sucks that doesn't have an author of voice, authorial voice. Well, it see, seems- you're, I mean, we're talking, we're getting more specific than I wanted, but yeah, your second yeah. fired authorial voice was the one that I was the most worried about. Who I didn't want as an authorial voice at all. I wanted the actual showrunners to get to be the showrunners, but they are never run a show. So you didn't, like, like, you didn't, you didn't like Winter's <laughs> no, Tale? No, and I fucking hated <laughs> Batman Forever. Thank you very much. But no, no, he's... <laughs> He wrote the Cinderella Man, man. <laughs> yep. You're not making, you're helping your case here. No, not. I don't think I've ever seen the Cinderella Man. That might actually be a good movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. doubt it. <laughs> I saw it in the but, theater. But before any listeners call or write in, yes, I liked Fringe. But okay, was he? Was that him? He, he worked on Fringe. Yeah. I thought Fringe was J.J. Abrams. He's producer, J. J. but J.J. Oh. J. produces and then just jumps off and takes credit for everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Discovery, we're apprehensive. I don't think over the next, course of the next year you're going to be wondering what we think about Discovery. <laughs> no. I think that we will, we will be telling we you. We will let you so, know. Yeah, right now I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Did you guys know, not to prolong our Discovery uh, <laughs> discussion any further than we need to, but did you guys know that CBS has already ordered a post-show oh, yeah. Yeah. for Talking Discovery? Talking Trek. Which who's the who's the voice name on yet? That? It I better not be fucking Hardwick. I'm telling you, but uh, uh, he's got a cottage I industry of that. I bet they're I bet they're rooting. I bet they're going after Will Wheaton. Oh, real hard. You bet. Well, who knows? Because they don't want to hire. Well, they didn't want to pay Wharf enough to do the show. Yeah, but yeah, but you're right. Yeah, bro. that's good. That just keeps my future Wharf project clean. Right, right. You got to start <laughs> hounding uh, R.D. Moore though. Do I? Yeah, yeah, maybe. If you, like, I just want to mind that era. <laughs> you got to get in the know. queue, man. There's there's like a hundred people ahead of you. Oh, I know. Ronald D. Moore for their two. I know. I know. But mine's mm. cooler. Yeah. That's fine. All right. So you got some voicemails and emails for oh, us today, Wade? Do I? Oh, that sounds like yes. a threat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it might be. It might not be. I mean, you can't prove anything. I'm not even sure who this voicemail's from. It doesn't quite say, and I can't say it, but I'll play it, and then we can respond to it. How about that? Gentlemen, this is Todd from Cleveland, uh, giving you a call. Just saw the Discovery trailer. I uh, wanted to pick your brain, get your thoughts on it. I was lukewarm on it. There were some things that I liked. Uh, I thought the, the line, the Federation doesn't fire first. Uh, when the S was going down on the bridge, was especially, it was, was good. As one of my employees pointed out as I was talking to him about it, Star Trek is not something that is easily captured in a trailer. So I thought that was a fair assessment. My question for you, though, is, is why is there this reluctance in all these new Star Trek shows that we've gotten? Why is there a reluctance to go post-DS9 as far as timeline? They seem to do a lot of exploring before TOS um, in the earlier stages of the Federation. But I think there's, you know, spoiler alert, there's a, there's a rather large conflict coming up that I think is – is ripe for exploitation afterwards. Uh, you know, there's going to be a, a reshuffling of, of power in the Alpha Quadrant that I think would be fascinating. You know, are we going to be friends with the Romulans? Are there? Uh, are we going to be allies with a certain group of individuals who have been antagonists up to this point? And the fact that the Dominion is is still going to exist, that the wormhole is still there. You know, we again, spoiler alert, may do well in this particular conflict, but the fact is that our uh, opponent is still there and, and I just think that it's a great opportunity for that kind of golden age of television show post DS9 and I'm just wondering why 
I'd like to get your opinion as to why people seem so reluctant to pursue that. Uh, again, appreciate all your hard work. Great podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Oh, God, I'm so glad this isn't hard well, work. Well, this I think that <laughs> hard work. I think that he, I, I mean, he, we all, we addressed, obviously, we addressed our thoughts on the trailer yeah. Yeah. early. And I think that his friend or his employee, rather, did bring up a good point that you can't sum up Star Trek in just one trailer. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be fair, give it the benefit of the doubt oh. that maybe that the suits who cut that trailer just didn't pick the choice cuts. You know what I mean? I'm a little concerned if that's the best that they've got, and I just have faith that yeah. it's not the best. Yeah, anybody, that they have. anybody who saw the second Suicide Squad trailer versus the Suicide Squad movie knows that trailers don't right. mean shit. Well, and, and and I'm fine with I, I, and that I agree with. This is talking about I'm making broad generalizations about the show based on things I'm reading about its production. Yeah, your your yeah, pessimism yeah. isn't even based on the trailer, honestly. My, I don't think the trailer looked good at all. The trailer is not a trailer you cut to make James want to watch your shit. Well, what but, I like, the uh, thing I yeah. didn't bring up about the trailer that I actually like, and also goes to why we can't make judgments just now, I don't think, is they didn't even show the discovery. The Shinzu, the Shinzu is the only... Uh, starship that we saw they're they're holding stuff back surprises yeah that and might be because they're not done designing it, it. could be that it could be that <laughs> but i'm they've designed yeah i mean they've done enough designs yeah. to probably have they could show off what the discover they didn't show jason isaacs you know they they're didn't. holding some they stuff back. Show, they didn't show rain wilson which I don't right. like the idea of Harry Mudd, but I love the idea of Rain Wilson in anything. So give me right. Rain Wilson. You, yeah. Uh, He's already shot yeah. his episode, too, which actually seems weird okay. if they've... Okay. Well... I'm saying that I'm just going by what I'm hearing. So I'm maybe they're not. I'm saying that there is a lot of... There are... Okay, what I'm going on is that there is these pretty... These guys called Midnight's Edge. It's a YouTube channel that they make YouTube things about big, dumb action films coming out. And they have pretty good contacts within within the the world of television and movies. Uh, they did say that Wonder Woman was going to be a mess, and all the reviews of Wonder Woman sound like it's going to be great. So, like, maybe they're wrong. But... Yeah, what you they, should be doing, James, is taking their content, repackaging it, and making I, people think that we're insightful. We're, we're insightful <laughs> and we're doing it. That's what YouTube is for. Yeah, come on, James. Uh, don't, don't send them clicks. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but nonetheless, like, they they have a lot of, like, red flag on the show. But that being said, I'm just, I, I, I'm, eh, I'm kind of, eh. But, like, the trailer was kind of, eh, too. So, but one thing I want to comment on that I do think he's talking about that's a problem is that I view Star Trek as a fertile ground of storytelling later stage, where I think most Americans and definitely CBS and definitely Paramount and definitely like whatever views Star Trek as Kirk and Spock and yeah. shit. And so everything has to be some variation on Kirk and Spock and shit. Yeah, I can tell you, no, nobody gave a shit about DS9 when it aired. They're not going to set a post well, nemesis yeah. Star Trek where we're dealing with the repercussions of what the relationship with the founders and the Gamma Quadrant is because they're like, people don't give a shit about that. They didn't give a shit about it then. That's why we got Voyager. And so they're not going to market a whole thing. What it takes is having somebody like, 
oh, I don't know, Brian Fuller saying, I'm making the show I want, fuck you guys, and then having the freedom to do so because they've got maybe this other show. And I'm going to do it cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. I mean, you almost have to do it like someone, and it's not going to happen because it's product. They keep trying to, like, fucking jumpstart it in a way that's just not going to work. So it's, I don't know, it's like all, like, it's IP, and somebody's going to figure out how to, like, get this fucking IP to purr. And nobody's done it yet because the fan base are like us, us on the podcast and you guys listening to the podcast, people that's really into the mendation of like fucking like, well, is the Pope, is the space Pope the leader of the Bajor? And when did the Bajor like, you know, like nobody gives a shit about that at CBS or Paramount. But what, what is, what will remind people about Tribbles and Spock and Boldly Go? And that's what they give a fuck. Yeah, about. and, and there's Kelvin move. That first Kelvin movie made a shit ton of money. Let's throw some lens flare in. But but the third one made like no money. Well, so yeah, it's over. Yeah, and, and well, we'll see. They might still make that fourth one. It <laughs> lost fifty million dollars beyond it at the end of accounting. Fifty million. Did it really? Fifty million dollars at the end of account, all even, accounting. Even they're hoping that Chris Helmsworth is going to save the fourth. Oh, they've, one, can- they've canceled. The- no one knows that there's a fourth one. There is not a fourth one in production, an active production. They lost fifty million dollars. Can they not show it overseas? Yeah, that, that's with they the did. international the, funny. Yeah, that's fifty million dollars. They lost. Damn, they lost fifty million dollars. The Kelvin Universe is, is yeah, all. I mean, I figured it was, but I figured they. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, they, maybe, but like, since they they're not using it to prop up a greater cinematic universe, so it's not like Thor. If Thor three sucks, there's still going to be a Thor four. <laughs> More Thor, because they have to build the architecture of a giant super. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Your I'm your your pessimism's like bringing me down, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm kind of fine not seeing more Kelvin movies. I I mean, I'm. I I always kind of liked them in the moment and not after. Yep. Same here. That's exactly how I want to see someone journey into the wormhole. I don't know why. I don't understand. There is no good reason why they have done. They haven't moved the timeline forward in the original timeline. I don't. I really don't understand because no one likes the because it's it moves it further away from Kirk and Spock. Yeah, and people Voyager is not like totally Star Trek. People still love Voyager and Enterprise is. None, none of those are considered wins to go back. Well, Enterprise, they've gone back to a, a Kelvin reboot, a Kelvin universe reboot of Next Generation could get greenlit, I think. Yeah, but that would be, they don't, I mean, what, yeah. With Tom Hardy as Picard. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, like, I don't care. Like, I hope they make a fourth one just because they're still making them damn movies. And they can find success somehow, even just money. Even if it fails, I feel this discovery is still going to make enough money to justify attempting at a second season because it's already made back its production budget. But it could be, you know, just because it, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. We've had start bad Star Trek in the past, and we still got more Star Trek. Sure, yeah, no, I, I want it to I be the best think- it can be, but you know. How many Star Trek movies have lost money? I know Nemesis did. And that, and that killed the franchise. That <laughs> killed the franchise. So, like, that's the only thing I know. So I don't know if, like, I mean, beyond, I mean, it's, it's, they lost it on marketing budget, but they still lost mo- money on the movie. And Paramount's not, like, the most robust. It, they're not, and I don't mean this in, like, quality. I mean this in, like, they're not robust. So they're, they're nervy. So, yeah, I just, I'm scared. I don't know. Like, I think that the only thing that can get greenlit right now is probably a next generation because I think that would get tons 
of Nerdist retweets and AV Club and Vulture would write like 14 articles about it a week, a, a month while it's well, still in greenlit I think, stage. I think you might be right. Cinematic universe might be dead now, all the, but so are movies. TV's the way of the future, baby. And yeah, but I think if you could get Jew Law and Michael K. Williams's Wharf and and fucking like I don't know what some be, like Justin Justin Trudeau Justin Trudeau is that <laughs> the, the Prime Minister of Canada? No, no, what's fucking leftover guy? name. Sexy motherfucker from left yeah, Jesus yeah. from leftovers. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he plays Riker, Kevin and, Jesus, and, like yeah. I, Kevin Jesus. If Kevin Jesus plays Riker, that shit gets greenlit in a yeah, minute. Yeah, but man, I don't want to see that shit. I want to see original stuff. I'm a Star Trek nerd. Give me. Give I me. do too. I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I, I do All right. too. All right. <laughs> None of us are getting anything that we want out of Star Trek at the moment. Right. Nope. That's what I feel. I'm. I'm. Still, I'm I'm not gonna shit on it, because I don't have enough information to make a final judgment. So I'm worried about where we're going, but I'm still optimistic that it it's gonna look slick, and even if it's not the artistic success that we want it to be, it still doesn't mean that there's not a chance of the future going forward. I believe in a in a optimistic future. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I mean, I'm obviously I want, yes, I do too. I want people, we're, we're going to start a podcast and I want people to listen to yeah. it. So like, yes, but, uh, uh I'm, I'm skeptic. I'm, I'm staying. Oh yeah. Skeptic. I mean, I want to have all <laughs> sides. I'm not telling you to not be a skeptic. <laughs> and there we go. That's what we got this week. Just a little bit of a taste for you. I, Assure you, and you probably don't need to be assured that we will talk more about Star Trek Discovery, probably a good deal, but we're also going to be going through uh, Deep Space Nine. We're not looking to stop that. We got just getting into up into season four, and when, you know, the shit starts getting great, it's already good, but you know what, you know uh, the drill, and so, yeah. All the things that all the other podcasts ask you to do, rate us and follow us and do all that shtick. Give us a call at 917-408-3898. Uh, email us at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at acquisitionpod, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. And, yep, and let's go ahead and... All right. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.